Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Hello listeners and welcome to the Football Universe Podcast. Uh, my name is Uday. I am the new signing of this podcast. And today with me, we have uh, Arjun. Welcome back, Arjun. Uh, thank you, Uday. Uh, we are missing yeah. Stephen right now because uh, yes. at this moment, he's watching Liverpool play Crystal Palace live at Singapore. Yes, and uh, as far as I know, when I saw the match at like nine some at nine twenty p.m. Malaysia local time, Liverpool was leading at one zero. So I don't know what's the score right now. Um, I guess Stephen must be enjoying his life. Uh, all the best to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure. Oh yeah, and also some interesting news for MU fans as well. You know, both of us, yeah, MU beat uh, Melbourne City four one, right, Arjun? Yeah. You know, and you were texting in a group and, uh, you know, you seem really happy that our <laughs> defender, one of our defenders assisted. <laughs> Eric Bailly, the legend. The legend. The Eric Bailly, the, the legend. Um, you're right. Uh, looking forward to actually having uh, Eric Bailly that's fully fit and not injured for the 2022-2023 season. Hopefully, he can give more assists, um, which will then make us put into consideration whether we should have him in our fantasy football team. Arjun? Yep, uh, I would just like to give a short recap of what I because I watched the friendly earlier against Melbourne sure. Victory. Why not? So uh, I like what I've seen so far from this Eric Ten Hag team. Uh, yes, it's definitely too early to get excited, and these are just friendlies, uh, by no means a measure of their true ability. Uh, and it's Melbourne Victory. No disrespect to them, but when you're facing a team like Liverpool or Man City, given how United started. I think we would have gotten destroyed. Uh, the start was really bad, really poor. Uh, did not manage to hold on to the ball. Uh, of course, Melbourne's, uh, Melbourne victory played very deep, very compact. And they were hitting on the counter. And they scored very early on in the fourth minute, if I'm not mistaken, through a counter-attack goal. And it shocked United. But, uh, of course, one of the measure of the team, the very top team, is how you are able to come back from a goal down, two goals down probably. And I think United responded well. They didn't panic. Uh, of course, it was very early on in the game and it's a friendly. Yes, all things considered. Uh, they kept, kept at it, kept probing, had a few chances, but they were unable to penetrate the final third of Melbourne victory. Uh, they had one or two lucky goals, deflections, uh, own goals. But overall, I think it, I can at least see the identity that Eric Ten Hag is trying to impose on this team compared to the shambles that it was last season. So I'm happy to see at least there is some progress. The team seem to know what they want to do. It's just whether they are able to do it uh, consistently day in, day out. Especially when the second half came on and the youngsters came on, they completely controlled the game. And I love seeing Zidane Iqbal and Charlie Savage in the middle of the field as the two CMs completely controlling the game, zipping passes left and right, dribbling through. It was really fantastic to see. And I uh, look forward to seeing these players play in the first team eventually. Wow. 
that's actually a great analysis. Um, honestly, I didn't see the match. I just saw the scoreline. And um, to be fair, it is still friendly. It's at the end of the day. But uh, what was really interesting is, uh, Arjun, you're making fun of Melbourne City, the place you studied at. Shouldn't you have some sort of respect for the place which you studied I mean, at? Yeah, yeah. I, I said no disrespect, but of course, they're not at the level of Liverpool or Man City. And that's the level that United is aspiring to be, right? That is, that is true. That is that is true. Uh, for those of us, any Melbourne listeners that saw Arjun there, and they are, and he's uh, right now making fun of Melbourne City. I hope you all can, when you see him the next time, you you know, give him a nice <laughs> mouthful. Of course, we don't encourage violence here. We encourage a debate. You know, that's why we encourage a football football universe. I guess God, God knows I'm kind of a host. Anyways, <laughs> so today's topic, today's agenda, actually we were supposed to talk about um, fantasy football. Um, I guess this is our first fantasy football episode uh, this season. We have done it in our last season. We did two or three episodes last season. Um, I finished second uh, in the <laughs> Stephen and Arjun uh, Fantasy Football League. Uh, way ahead of like all the other people. It was just a two-horse race, actually. It was like a Man City-Liverpool for me. Uh, everyone else was like fighting for fourth place. It was it was very shambolic. Am I right, Arjun? Honestly, I was yes, disappointed. Yes, for sure. It was a big disappointment for the... I, I can't speak for the rest of the players, but for me personally, it was definitely a big disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope there's some sort of uh, challenge this year, you know. Let's <laughs> hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Let's move past that. Um, yeah, so we have a league as well this year. Uh, we changed our league right now. It's called the Football Universe. Um, the league code we're given at the end of it. And for today's episode, we will be talking about uh, the fantasy football match. We have four positions we'll be discussing. The goalkeeper position. Um, we have the defender's position, the midfield as well as the forwards right now. Um, and what we're going to talk about right now is we're going to talk about players which we think are... Uh, sorry, premium players in each position, which we think maybe everyone should have in their team. And then we will also talk about budget picks as we only have a limited amount of budget to spend. As everyone remembers, there's only a 100 mil so-called or 100.0 budget that we have in fantasy football. And then we're also going to talk about watch list, someone that we don't have in our team that we think that we should have right now in each position. Uh, so I have been talking too much and I am going to direct my first question to Arjun. Arjun, first of all, what are you thinking with regards to the goalkeeper position? Uh, what are your thoughts of the premium pricing with the goalkeepers? Uh, there was a new change that happened right now. So Arjun, go ahead. Maybe share the new change of pricing with the premium goalkeepers right now. Yeah, thanks, Ade. Um, Of course, so the at the start of the season, uh, of course, the even the premium goalkeepers would not be priced uh, very high. And it seems like Edison and Ellison and Laurie are the three premium goalkeepers where they are priced at 5.5. Out of these three, my pick would be Edison. Uh, I think it's fairly obvious to me why I go for Edison uh, is because, yes, his safe percentage will be much lower, but he's guaranteed a clean sheet almost every single game. That's how dominant Man City usually are. Uh, whereas Ellison, uh, there are a lot of games where Liverpool do concede. They still end up winning, but uh, they concede a goal or two. And even though even though Ellison topped the charts last season, uh, 20 points ahead of Edison, uh, I still feel more secure going for Edison as my premium keeper. 
just given that he also could chip in with the odd assist, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, Lonis is of course the wild card out of these three. Uh, given that he did perform admirably last season, surprisingly, and given that he's under Antonio Conte this season, there is a high possibility of uh, a lot of clean sheets as well. So he's uh, an interesting one to, to watch. So I think uh, to summarize, my pick would be Edison out of the premium keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great option and great decision you chose. Uh, Man City was had the highest number of clean sheets last season. Um, he does also uh, pop in with a couple of save points here and there as well. Not that many uh, compared to the other goalkeepers, but he is a great choice moving forward. I honestly think the pricing structures for the goalkeeper is, is very interesting this season compared to last season. Um, I agree, not all the goalkeepers were very expensive back then, but Edison and Ellison last season compared to this season started off with 6 million. And this season, they, make it, they made it 5.5. I would even consider Mendy as a premium goalkeeper. As he started off 5.5 last season and he's 5 million this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, right. um, yeah. So, I... As I was saying, this is a very interesting uh, change that fantasy football has created. This makes premium goalkeepers more accessible uh, for those of you who want to play with the likes of uh, Edison or Ellison. You can do that right now. But knowing that there are other options that's available, I would actually consider Mendy. Um, actually, 5 million. Um, because most of the time, I usually play with two 4.5 millions, which roughly then adds up to 9 million. If I play with a Mendy, which is Chelsea with the third best defense in the league, um, and then if you were to follow that up with a 4.0 goalkeeper as a bench fodder, I think that's actually a great idea. And Mendy is not a person that's going to be rotated at all. Clearly, most of the goalkeepers don't get rotated, but we have seen times in which Man City goalkeepers, Edison, as well as even Allison gets rotated at the last part of the season. But clearly, Chelsea only trusts Mendy most of the time, all the time, actually. So... Mendy is my premium goalkeeper choice right now. It's 5 million. Uh, I guess not necessarily premium per se, but still quite uh, something to look out for. And we will be, I guess we were talking about budget goalkeepers, which I guess most of us have. Um, I have a budget goalkeeper. I have two budget goalkeepers. I have, I'll start off with my main goalkeeper. I have Raya from Brentford. Um, Raya, who pre-injury last season was actually... Uh, one of the top performing goalkeepers with regards to save as well, saves as well as clean sheets. Um, that's why I have him this season. And then I have a bench fodder. Bench fodder is somebody that I know is not going to play. It's a 4.0 goalkeeper, Begovic. Uh, these are my two goalkeepers right now. Uh, Arjun? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I have also generally preferred to go with two budget keepers. Um, but I've gone with a strategy where I think both my two goalkeepers would be the starting keepers. And I'll be able to rotate them depending on the fixtures. Uh, I think that extra 0.5 mil that I spent, I have two 4.5 mil keepers, would give me uh, the peace of mind that I can save probably one or two transfers down the line. So my uh, main goalkeeper will be David Raya as well. And exactly for the point you said, uh, pre-injury, he was the top performing budget goalkeeper or probably did one of the top performing goalkeepers in the Premier League. Uh, he was racking up points for saves and clean sheets. So I think it's a good bet. It's a very safe bet to go with him and a very affordable price point at 4.5 as well. As for my second choice, uh, I've gone with Dean Henderson. And I mean, he has just recently moved to Nottingham Forest from United. 
and I feel like he will be a almost guaranteed starter given his uh, capability and given his performances at Sheffield United a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he where he he did really well with a lot of saves as well. Uh, so I think he's probably my uh, one of my wild cards. Uh, yes, he is four point five million, but. Uh, I think he could chip in with some saves and he could be a good option for me to start when Raya has tough fixtures. Hmm. Interesting. I honestly uh, hadn't had a look at Henderson since his uh, days at Sheffield United. Um, ever since then, he's just been a uh, backup to David De Gea. He has played an, an odd number of games as well. If I'm not mistaken, it was during the Solskjaer season. If I'm, that's when he used to play a, lot, uh, a few, game, few more yep. games compared to other managers. Uh, yeah, right. then last season when Eric Ten Hag was there and even initially when Solskjaer was there at the start, I think he was going through a rough patch and ever since then, nobody has ever brought, into, brought Henderson into their team. Um, but this is very interesting. You're right. Uh, Nottingham Forest have just been promoted from the Premier League. Uh, they have a better defensive record compared to Fulham in the Championship. Uh, so... They can definitely provide good value within the in the defense as well as uh, at least save points is what you get whenever you're expecting a cheap goalkeeper. So interesting choice you have. Um, so someone to consider. Even I might consider it. I might change my tactic moving forward. <laughs> and uh, goalkeeper to look forward to, Arjun, um, that you don't have right now. Huh. One that I don't have. Right. I, I mean, I was going to say Dean Henderson, but I do have him. So <laughs> uh, I'll probably say... Ramsdale, I mean, he's not exactly cheap. He's in the 5 million category, but he has done exceptionally well last season as well. He had a lot of safe points. Uh, probably not over the whole season, but uh, at one point of the season, I think he was pretty much uh, everyone's first or second choice goalkeeper. Uh, he did rack up a good amount of points as well. So I think I, I beg Ramsdale to do well again. Arsenal have been active in the transfer window and I expect him to get um, good save, save points as well this season. Interesting. Um, for me, uh, I don't think anyone mentioned this. Um, Jose Saar from Wolves. Yeah. He was actually a really surprise pick last season. Um, he actually had 11 clean sheets. And if we're talking about assists, he even contributed one assist as well. He was the fourth performing goalkeeper behind the likes of Allison, Loris, and Edison. Uh, uh, slightly, go, um, basically slightly going ahead of your Ramsdale pick yeah. by around 11 points looking at the points total right now. So, and Wolves have been known to be a good defensive team. So, for someone who wants to have like a, I guess, premium-ish slash cheap 5.0 goalkeeper, Jose Sang is someone to look forward to. All right. Um, uh, we guess we're done with the goalkeeper conversation. Uh, we can now move to the front, I guess, uh, which is a very hot topic, the defense. Uh, Arjun, yeah. you can take the lead first and then... <laughs> All right. Uh, so, of course, as usual, we'll start off with the premiums. And uh, this season, there is only one uh, defender who is the most expensive defender in fantasy. And it's once again Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think he was the most expensive last season as well. Uh, He's, he was also priced at 7.5 million last season, I think, at the beginning. Uh, followed by Cancelo at 7 million. Uh, his price has increased from last season. And then Robertson at 7 million. 
Van Dyke at 6.5. And Matip has increased in value from, I think, 5 million to 6 million. There's a 1 million jump, and he's. So you, you have, you see, you have uh, four Liverpool defenders and two Man City defenders in the top six most expensive defenders in fantasy this season. So that shows that you need to at least have two out of these six uh, if you're going for big at the back, uh, if you're going for uh, good defense, uh, heavy defense, and you're expecting points, uh, attacking returns from your defense as well. So my pick, my top premium pick from this uh, is of, obviously between Trent Alexander-Arnold and Cancelo. Uh, between these two, I personally, in my team, I have gone with both because I think that uh, we can't really afford to leave out either one. They performed so well last season. I think they both broke 200 points, which is pretty rare for a defender in fantasy. Uh, Trent got 208 points, Cancelo got 201 points. They both contribute goals and assists. But I will go, if I had to pick one, I would go with Trent. Even though he is 0.5 million uh, more expensive, but I think he provides that much more than Cancelo. Uh, defensively, yes, Cancelo is better, but clean sheets tend to be a team effort. So there's no real individual contribution that, uh, in fantasy or defensive. And judging by offensive, of course, I would give the advantage to Trent. He takes corners, he takes free kicks. Uh, there's a good chance of him scoring or assisting. And indeed, he has assisted quite a few last season. So Trent is definitely my premium defender to go. Um, I guess you actually covered a lot with regards to the premium <laughs> defenders. Um, I think I'm going to talk slightly different. I'm going to yeah. go into a premium defender that is uh, has been lonely owned for the last two seasons as well. I think you know who I'm going to talk about. Andrew Robertson. Robertson, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Compared to Trent, uh, so right now, based on the current ownership, Robertson is 10.2% owned in the, in the game and Trent is 55.2% owned. Uh, of course, there was a slight, I guess, around 20-point difference with regards to both Trent as well as Robertson. But in the last few games, Robertson has, if I'm not mistaken, from the last 15 games, Robertson only missed out on a, on a return for two out of those 15 games which means he's almost returned every single game. Let it be a defensive return as well as an attacking return. Last season's stats as well, he had three goals and 11 assists, one assist less than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Alexander-Arnold had uh, 12 assists and two goals. So he's a very interesting option that has always been uh, low, that for the last two seasons at least, has been known as a differential um, because of the percentage of difference they both equally contribute as well and it's i find it interesting that to be fair even i also don't have him in my team um because i already my, my defense is stacked with a lot of premium guys already um and i need to find ways to get other premium players in the other positions as well so robertson is an interesting pick for those of you who want to go very differential and sideways I, I'm not going to go to Matip, uh, to be fair. I'll just let everyone know. Ibrahim Konate has been more involved in the games. Matip was an interesting option when he was 5.0. Uh, but now Konate seems somewhat interesting. So, um, Another premium defender that uh, I guess, I don't know, I don't see anyone having them anymore are Chelsea defenders. Likes of Reese James as well as Chilwell Arjun. Do you think you will have any of them at the start of the season or maybe sometime further down the season? 
so uh, right now I do have Reese James in my team. I think uh, last season I did see enough from him uh, to be convinced that he's a good option as well to have in the team. Uh, once again, just like uh, Trent or Cancelo, he does provide offensive options. Uh, also because Chelsea plays a 3-5-2 formation where he's able to uh, overlap on the wing as a wing back instead of a full back. So he does have a lot more offensive returns. So currently I do have him in my team. And at the price point, 6 million, I think it's a, a good bet. Like you said, Chelsea had the third best defense last season as well. So there's a good chance of returns, uh, clean sheet returns from him as well. So I, right now I do have him, uh, but I haven't finalized my team. So I, uh, he's still on the border for me, uh, whether I'll remove him or not. Um, looking at the fantasy, I mean, great that you brought it up right now. It's very interesting that you have him. I actually don't have a Chelsea defender right now. And um, it might be a bit scary because he, Rhys James, is the, looks like it, the second most owned player. Um, so first is Trent. Second, tight. Second place is Perisic as well as um, Rhys James. So I don't know what is, what is happening. Am I missing out on something? Should I get Rhys James? Also, um, as far as I know... As far as I know, Chelsea yeah. has, lost, has lost the number of defenders like Rudiger mm. and Christensen and it might change their formation. And if they were to change their formation, I don't see them as interesting options right now. So uh, maybe the preseason might change. We still have three weeks to change altogether. The preseason friendly matches might maybe sway my decision to get a, someone like a Reese James or a Ben Chilwell as well. Uh, another interesting point about Chelsea defenders as well is uh, the fixtures that they have. So yes. they actually have very, uh, I wouldn't say very easy fixtures, but relatively comfortable fixtures up to game week seven. And then they have a game against Liverpool. And then again, it's very comfortable until game week 18. So pretty yes, much uh, until game week 18, you can have a Chelsea defender in your team. And um, yes. yeah, you just need to bench him for one week or take him out for a week. And that's, I, I think that was also behind my thinking of having Rhys James. Um, yeah, to, to be fair, I see where you're coming from, but as someone who has traditionally always wildcarded at the start, um, maybe for the first three to four game weeks, I might not have someone like a Reese James, but maybe after the wildcard, I will look into that, seeing how Chelsea performs and how they look. I want to see how they are, especially with the change in formations and uh, the change in personnel. Um, so I will look into them and I'll see exactly. He's definitely one of my watch list, that's for sure. Um, and another interesting player that I brought up, Arjun, is also quite highly owned, Perisic. Came yeah. from Inter Milan last season. Uh, mm. He's the new toy in Fantasy Premier League. <laughs> so, any thoughts on our friend Perisic playing yeah. for Antonio Cantor's team? So, Perisic is a very interesting pick. Uh, it surprised me that he's listed as a defender in Fantasy, although he has played as a wingback for Inter Milan. Uh, because he, he started as a winger and then he moved to a wingback role. Uh, like you mentioned, he is very highly owned, and I am one of the person who owns him. This, although on the face of it, it seems like a very easy decision to make. 5.5 million ex-winger uh, in an Antonio Conte team as a wing-back should guarantee you assists, and an Antonio Conte team should guarantee you clean sheets as well. So, Perisic, in theory, should guarantee you points. But, uh, of course, he hasn't been in the Premier League. He's a new signing. It will take time to adapt. So it is a punt, I think. Uh, but at 5.5 million, I think it's a worth punt to take. But again, uh, depending on how much money you're planning to spend on your defense, uh, where 
how how you're going to spread out your investments. But uh, for me, it was a worth point to take at this moment. Interesting point. Um, again, I don't have him in the team. I actually have uh, Laporte from NCT. Uh, surprisingly, the reason why I have that is because we spoke about how great Man City is and uh, Laporte actually has a higher goal threat rather than Cancelo, who is uh, Man City's wing-back. And if Man City are rumored to sign the Brighton uh, right left-back, Cucurella, that might be something interesting as well. And my other defender that I have, which is super wildcard, is uh, Trippier from Newcastle United, who is listed as 5.0 as well. Uh, one of those interesting defenders that I have. Um, also relatively highly owned, 15.9% owned as a defender. Um, having someone like Trippier is like having someone like, uh, who was that Everton? Was it Barnes? Uh, uh, sorry, that Everton right back or left back back then, who was very famous. Uh, Dini? Not Dini, pre-Dini, before Dini, there was another guy. Yeah, oh. anyways, I think, yeah, I think... Uh. <laughs> very familiar guy but it's having yeah. someone like yeah remind me of someone like that who's uh, really good at crossing and mm. uh, very cheap so that's why I have him in my team right now um, yeah I think we kind of went off topic uh, with our discussion right now I think we should just go back to topic and talk about the midfield yeah uh, let's just skip it right <laughs> um, so in midfield uh, as usual we have the premium as well as the uh, the budget and then the one to look out for uh, I'll start I have Salah in my team. He's my premium pick. Uh, I actually have two premium uh, midfielders. Um, Salah as well as Son. Um, Arjun, any uh, thoughts with regards to my team? Yeah, so Salah is the one that uh, I couldn't fit in my team. Uh, I did want to have Salah. I did have Salah at the start of last both of last seasons. And he paid amazing dividends. So I do have... Uh, and, and I think he has been the top... Uh, in the past two seasons in fantasy. So it is a big risk for me to leave him out in my initial team. But I haven't found a way to fit him in. My uh, one big premium in midfield is Son. And I guess another semi-premium is uh, Luis Diaz at 8 million. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, because I've gone with uh, three premium-ish defenders uh, as well as... Uh, some premium attackers, so I could only fit in Son and Luis Diaz in my midfield. And it is looking a bit thin in my midfield at the moment, so, so we will see how the next few weeks will when I make any more changes. Uh, yep, I mean, it's very interesting. Uh, just to correct you, by the way, Salah was last season's highest top scoring player. Before that was Bruno Fernesh. Oh, right, Manchester yes. How could I forget? <laughs> How could you forget? A Manchester United fan forgetting oh, no. was the top scoring midfielder. I don't know whether he's the top, I think most probably was the top scoring player as well, but usually the top scoring midfielder is the top scoring player. Yeah. Um, and then Ronaldo happened and uh, there goes Bruno. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, besides, uh, I guess your, you brought up a point of the 8 million midfielders. I guess the 8 million midfielders are the budget pick. There are quite a number of them as well. Uh, so Arjun? Uh, yeah. Besides Luis Diaz, anyone inter that interests you in the budget 8 million mid or less than that price? Uh, yeah, for sure. So there's quite a few that interest me actually. Um, uh, I'll start with uh, Saka, Bukayo Saka. Uh, I think he's a very interesting pick. He was the sixth highest uh, midfield scorer in fantasy last season. And he is 
starting almost every game for Arsenal. And at his current price point is 8 million. Um, mm-hmm. I think he started at around 6, 6.5 million last season uh, because he hasn't had an established himself as a starter. But even at 8 million, I think it's a pretty decent pick. Uh, given his goal contribution, he's still young. He's only bound to improve. Other than that, uh, Mason Mount, of course, at 8 million, I think he's pretty interesting as well. Uh, Bernardo Silva, interestingly, uh, he's only 7 million this season. Uh, last season, he was also 7 million. He is someone interesting because he plays in the center midfield, but he pops up with goals and assists uh, from time to time. The only reason I have not picked him is because I don't think he contributes enough to justify uh, the value, as well as Man City's rotation. And I think there are better Man City picks for this uh, for fantasy as well. But I mean, he's certainly interesting for seven million. And I would have said Rafinha, but he has moved away as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so mainly, mainly, yeah, Saka and uh, Mount. Yeah, I mean, interesting. Uh, you're right. I did have Saka for his uh, spells as well. Uh, there, I had I had him in his bad spell. I also had him in his good spell last <laughs> season. Very interesting uh, player and prospect to have. Now that fact that Arsenal has uh, improved their striking position, they got Jesus. Gabriel Jesus from Man City and Arsenal look pretty interesting attacking wise and I, I I can see them at least uh, challenging the top four and Saka as well as Gabriel Jesus playing a huge integral part in that. Uh, an interesting player, again I'm going to go very very left field. I mean, guess not necessarily left field per se but uh, two players that I, like, I'm looking at the list right now. I see James Madison which wasn't touched that upon. Um, who had a great ending to last season as well. Um, last season, he had 12 goals, 11 assists. He actually is the fifth highest scoring player, just right behind De Bruyne um, right now. And now Leicester, without any European commitments, might be, might be a team to reckon with. Um, they had a lot of European matches, but at the starting matches, they're quite shaky. They have Brentford, Arsenal, Southampton, and Chelsea. But beyond that, um, they have some interesting features as well. Um, so... And next, I would someone that I wouldn't have in my team, someone that I did have in my team for one game week last season that didn't provide any points, but has been consistently providing points as a cheap player. It's called James Ward Prowse. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it sounds funny, but he is in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. One, two, yeah. three, four, yeah. five, six, seven. Yeah. He's he's ninth out of ten players. And someone who's in penalties, someone who's taken free kicks. Uh in last season, he scored 10 goals and provided five assists. Uh, if you want, especially now, the fact that we have so many premium player defenders and uh, premium strikers, which we'll talk about later, um, someone to look out for if you're trying to have a balanced team. So, these are my two players that I would recommend in the budget range. And finally, I guess, I guess we already covered the recommendation as well as who we're looking for. So let's talk about the forward line, Arjun. And this is where the hot topic is. Uh, we have uh, a new toy as well in the forward line with somebody named... I, it's, it seems like an up-and-coming rising star. He's very young. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's around 23 or 24 years old. We have Erling Brown Holland. And Arjun, what are your thoughts with regards to his new toy? Is he a wait-and-see or is he a 
bring him into my team he's going to score 100 goals <laughs> um i mean again once again uh, with every big signing like this i think last season with ronaldo as well i mentioned that uh, it is a risk of course uh, despite how big the player is however good the player is coming to a new team uh, whether he'll take time to adapt or he'll start fighting straight away but in the case of players like this even with ronaldo last season i just put him in straight away because i felt like i couldn't afford to take the risk and i think it's the same with erling haaland uh, the risk is that he would start scoring so many goals with man city providing uh, and so if you don't have him there's a potential that you'll fall so far behind in the first few weeks even that city have very easy fixtures as well as uh, they have sold jesus and sterling so haaland is pretty much guaranteed to start uh, and so i think he's a must have i think you can't miss him you can't afford to uh, not have him in your team you have to find a place for him in your team how about you ray um first of all uh, i made a mistake uh, he's actually 21 years old so he is really young and he is up and coming yeah uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> apologies for that but i knew he was young um yeah wait let's go back to our conversation earlier where you you points you brought up earlier Yeah. we had ronaldo as well as lukaku coming in and mm-hmm. both of i i mean the players who got them early benefited i was the player that decided to wait and see especially for ronaldo yeah. um, i got ronaldo so in the first two games when ronaldo came i think he scored two goals or four three goals or four goals or three goals and uh he was already like making me regret my decision of not getting him <laughs> i was more like a wait and see i was trying to be very patient and it To be fair last season I had I tried something different I didn't want to take a lot of hits and uh if I had to get Ronaldo I either had to take a hit or wild card him in and I wanted to keep my wild card last season and Lukaku as well if I'm not mistaken he's got three or two goals in like the first two games as well so I mean they they they're clearly not wait and see options they clearly get them in your team they will at least score three or four goals in the first two games and then you see what to do moving forward of course clearly when you buy a premium player you want to have them throughout the whole season um having the likes of Salah as well as Son as well as Ronaldo the kind of guys you want to have them the whole season because they are priced at that range because they are assumed to be scoring the most points and i have Haaland in my team and i do not see him leaving my team anytime soon or at all because looking at man city's uh, games as well we were talking about chelsea man city as well has very interesting games from the first 10 game weeks Um, he has West Ham, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, all clearly scoreable fixtures for Erling Haaland. Whether they win or not is a different game altogether, but clearly he can score against all these teams as well. I hope I don't jinx it. Last season when he was in Dortmund, he scored 24 goals. Sorry, he had 24 appearances and he scored 24 goals and 20 and had two assists. So clearly he's someone to get into your team. Um <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend for you not to get. So uh let's talk about the so-called less premium less than 10.0 players that we have right now. Um Arjun, I think the first person that pops into my mind is Gabriel Jesus of who <laughs> recently joined Arsenal and yeah. he had an interview saying he's done playing this uh false nine striker and he wants to play a striker that scores goals. Um is he in your team? Do you think fantasy football player should get him in their team and again is he a wait and see because is he going to adapt to arteta system um yeah uh, i mean once again i think he's a uh, worth uh buy for the first 
uh, for the first draft of your team. Uh, at 8 million, I feel like he's a uh, slight bargain even, given his performances at Penn City, despite him not playing too often, despite him uh, often playing out of position, he still did score and assist when he was starting or when he was coming on himself. So in this Arsenal team, with him being the focal point and them actually having a good team with providers like Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli providing for him, uh, I think he would score. Uh, he might, once again, just like Haaland, he might take a little bit of time to settle in, but I think he will provide. And for, once again, for 8 million, I think it is a bargain. Also, given that uh, the other premium options this season aren't so desirable other than Erling Haaland, uh, Harry Kane, who was the top striker in fantasy last season, still did not score as many goals as everyone expected of him last season. He did score in spells, but he wasn't what you would call very consistent throughout the season. Uh, he did score 17 goals and 11 assists. Uh, that's not little. That is still pretty... Uh, uh, that's still a lot. That's close to 200 points. But for 11.5 uh, striker you would expect him to score more consistently throughout the season. Um, and Ronaldo as well. Ronaldo started off very well last season. And then he did score when... Uh, he, he was the one tracking United on, but he didn't score enough to be considered in my team. And the other interesting option is, of course, Diogo Jota. But he is priced at 9 million this season. He did really well last season. Uh, because he was 7.5 million option last season. He's got 15 goals and he has seven assists. He uh, replaced Bobby Firmino in Liverpool's lineup last season. And he played really well. But at a 9 million price point, uh, I'm not so sure whether I would take a risk on him, especially given that uh, Liverpool have signed Nunes and uh, they have Luis Diaz as well. as far as the preseason is going, it doesn't look like Diego Jota uh, is going to be part of the starting front three, especially with Mo Salah staying as well. Seems to me like it will be a Mo Salah, Nunes, and Diaz front three. So then Jota's time would be limited. Um, and yeah, so what, what, what is your opinion on this, Um. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't be looking at Jota at all. I'm actually a bit disappointed at his... Uh... I didn't notice this until right now, until we discuss right now, that he's actually listed as a forward and is a 9.0. Yeah. He was a very interesting option as he was a midfield last season. And uh, I think midfielders get one more point as a goal compared to a forward and an additional point for the clean sheet. And Jota definitely benefited from that more points as well as clean sheets uh, when Liverpool were playing last season. So I find it very, very interesting that they uh, put him as a forward line. He did play most of his... Uh, uh, starts especially last season as a forward as a striker and I understand the change in position but he is to be fair there are no actual proper number nine strikers anymore uh, but I'm actually very uh, shocked at this <laughs> uh, surprisingly <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't go for Diego Jota as well um, last season's uh, very interesting budget pick and Mikhail Antonio isn't on anyone's radar anymore, the fact that we have Haller here. <laughs> this is what happens when a new shiny toy comes. The old shiny toy gets thrown away. Um, he was fourth last season uh, with regards to strikers. He has he scored 10, he scored 10 goals and provided 10 assists. Um, 
he had a good start. Um, it then it petered out later in the middle at the end of the season. Um, due to West Ham's European commitments, and they also have European commitments this season. So maybe someone not to get. Uh, Ivan Tony, again one of the new shiny old shiny toys last season. Still someone that we can consider if, let's say, you want to have a budget forward line to stack up your midfield in your defence. He's got 12 goals, 5 assists. Uh, most probably going to lead the line as well again for Brentford this season. And uh, again, Brentford also are very quietly recruiting some players and someone to look forward to. Uh, so these are my two uh, go-to mid-range forwards. And I guess, and as well as for the ones to look forward to, um, so I guess thank you everyone for listening uh, Arjun hopefully next season you actually put a challenge in the, in the league <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I mean, given, given that we are going for different strategies I guess we will um, see yeah. we are, we are. Um, but I guess that's the beauty of the game going different strategies and everyone adapting according to the uh, there's one more thing, I guess, which I don't think we all brought it up. It's the new change of rules in uh, this season's fantasy football. As we have the World Cup in the middle of the season, there is this new chip, which is called Unlimited Transfers, that's going to kick in after Game Week 16 and before Game Week 17. And that is when the World Cup actually starts happening, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this means that you are allowed... It's basically, essentially means you have a third wildcard. Every season, they only have two wildcards right now. Um, so when the World Cup happens, everyone has unlimited transfers for them to change as well due to injuries. Arjun, how do you think this new chip strategy is going to affect your usage of the wildcard or the first wildcard as well? And everyone has to use their first wildcard before their game week 16. Uh, I mean, they don't. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I guess, I guess this kind of uh, saves the use because uh, traditionally, uh, I think a lot of fantasy players, including myself, uh, use the one wild card during the December festive period when games are stacked up and uh, you feel like you can't afford to lose out on certain players or you have to get players in form in immediately. Uh, so, but this, this is really good given that uh, you can save up that wild card that you'll traditionally use and uh, they've already given you a wild card to use for that period. Uh, so, this is really good. You can probably use your first wild card uh, when a double game week comes by. Um, yeah, so I think this this is definitely uh, a good thing, but it, it also brings about different strategies uh, during the World Cup. We'll see whether uh, players use it to bring in uh, play, uh, football players who do well during the World Cup, but then they, they could come in and not do well as well. So there's a lot of interesting strategies to consider there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, traditionally, I've always used my wild card at the start, and I think most probably I'll do it as well. Um, this essentially gives me a third workout to play it in December, which I've never done it before. So it's something interesting for me to, to explore, put it down the line. Um, so thank you listeners for listening into our episode. Um, as in told earlier, our podcast uh, is having a fantasy football uh, league. Uh, there are no prizes as of yet, um, until unless somebody starts sponsoring us. <laughs> <laughs> Calling out for sponsors to give us some, you know, money for the podcast league. Anyways, <laughs> the league code is FL3W1N. Let me repeat that. FL3W1N. For those of you who are interested to join, you can type in the league code um, in the leagues and cup sections and uh, join us. Uh, try to beat me at least. <laughs> Don't know about beating the rest. <laughs>
And I think we are going to have a future episode with last season's winner sometime this year. We haven't planned anything yet. Let's hope we can get him on board. Arjun? Yep. We'll definitely try to get him on board. Try to get him on board. To, to give us some tips. Probably. Yes. Yes. He actually finished in the top. Uh, I can't really remember exactly. Just let me, I think I can try to. He actually finished last season in top 30k, which is very interesting. Even though I finished second in the league, I was in 140k. Uh, so. I mean, that's really impressive, top 30k. <laughs> yes, you're right. Having someone in the top 30k actually, I guess, once in a while, listen to our, our podcast and uh, in the same league as <laughs> us. I, I'm proud. I'm proud to be there and I hope I gave some advice to him. I hope he listened to my advice. So, uh, thank you listeners. Uh, Arjun, thank you for having me and letting me host today's session. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess I my responsibilities has increased after the, <laughs> the summer signing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> just just wait before we finish as well, I think we've just gotten you just read uh, on many writers official website that Christian Eriksen is now official, officially United player. He has been announced Damn. as a new summer signing. Yeah. Uh, in oh. addition to that, according to Fabrizio Romano, uh, Lisandro Martinez has been confirmed as well. Uh, I guess just pending the official confirmation from United. So what are your thoughts on that? Wow, this is breaking news <laughs> right now happening in the Football Universe podcast. I don't know whether any other podcast is recording this right now at the breaking news. Um, interesting buys. Um, I think we discussed in the Manchester United episode that I honestly thought it was already confirmed with Ericsson, and but now we finally have him. Um, he's definitely a better upgrade with Juan Mata, and um, Martinez is has. I've had look around, and I've seen people discuss about Martinez. He's somebody who apparently has a. He's very physical. He's somebody that is supposedly fit for the Premier League. So, looking forward to see him um, play alongside Baran, as well as Eric Bailly in the Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> and at least we can tell Harry Maguire. <laughs> I am so sorry for Harry Maguire. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, finally getting our transfer done uh, a bit late. But uh, yeah, I guess at least finally getting the players that uh, Eric Ten Hag wants. Yeah, sounds interesting. So looking forward to the new season in Manchester United as well as FPL. And hopefully Christian Eriksen can be an interesting buy in FPL as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you listeners for listening to the Football Universe podcast. Um, uh, this episode is brought to you by Starstruck Bakery as, and Misuboyasi. <laughs> two episodes, two mistakes. First episode, you didn't know where Manchester United Second episode, not remembering the sponsors. Can't wait for the third episode. <laughs> I think I might be strict out from the from hosting privileges after this. <laughs> thank you, listeners. Thank you, Arjun. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye.